Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Have you ever seen V for Vendetta? Uh, yes, I've seen it once, and yeah. I finished. I stopped watching it when there was like 20, 25 oh, yeah. minutes left. You got offended or whatever by. I don't know if offended would be the word, but I refused to support it. Okay, because by it was, watching it, yeah, because it was. It became a case of he was paying his suffering for it, and I, and mm. I don't support that. You know, to me, that was the point that he stopped being an anti-hero or a hero or an anti-villain or whatever. And he just became an outright villain. Yeah, Uh, that was an interesting perspective that you had on the movie. But a lot of people in the freedom movement do really enjoy that uh, that film. And the the bad guy, the supposed bad guy uh, who is a bad guy in the the movie is uh, the, the dictator. And there's a lot of similarity between the scene where he's giving his speech and the, the Biden speech. If anything, the Biden speech had even more kind of an evil overtone because they literally were using blood red lighting uh, behind him. such a terrible him. choice. Was this the one when he was like, you know, you're going to need F-15s if you want no, to take... that was different. So that, that was, was a different act of evil. Yeah, that was prior to the speech that we're talking about. This one was at uh, Philadelphia that, you know, where the country started or whatever. And he was speaking about the MAGA Republicans and the MAGA forces and saying that they're an attack on democracy and that they're basically, you know, going to bring the system down or something like that. I mean, I'm, Man, I'm I hope paraphrasing. So. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, I think he's overestimating the MAGA people. But... Definitely. But he was trying to make them out as sort of – he didn't use the term enemy of the state, but he was kind of trying to make them out to be the enemy, sort okay. of that, that which needs to be targeted, that which needs to be stopped – domestic terrorism these were kind of the overtones of the speech now apparently well that's not fair one can be an enemy of the state without being you know violent or what what was the term that you said a terrorist a domestic terrorist yeah he didn't use that term uh as i recall i did listen to the full 33 minute speech he did not call them domestic terrorists right out okay but he was basically saying that these people are enemies of the state without using those terms again he i don't have the exact quotes uh in front of me here but essentially saying there are he i think he literally did say they're a threat to democracy well see because i consider myself to be an enemy of the state yes but the state considers us to be enemies of the state yes but i'm not a domestic terrorist Mm -hmm. and you know i condemn terrorism i condemn all uh initiation of violence in order to achieve one's goals Absolutely. And of course, we all know that the state itself is terrorism because any kind of violence towards achieving political goals is the definition of terrorism or the threat of uh, said violence in order to do that. Trump responded at a rally over the weekend, right? He did. It's his first rally, as I understand it. Yes, it's his first rally since the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago. I. They they keep calling it a raid. Well, I mean, look, even though he wasn't there, they did trash his house, apparently. Did I mean, they? That's, that's kind of one of the hallmarks yeah. of a raid. is Because he was complaining that they, they like, tossed out Mel- Melania's underwear drawer and you know, ransacked his son's room and, and all, all of All of which is unacceptable. Yeah. a huge mess. Well, at least they, they didn't find a bunch of crack in there like they would have if it had been Hunter Biden's room. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure they would have... I'm sure they found plenty of cocaine at Trump's house. You think Trump uses coke? I I would be shocked if he didn't. Uh-huh. I think he's an Adderall kind of guy. 
That's, could also that's be Adderall. what I was hearing. But I mean, the FBI, they, they probably wouldn't even bother to confiscate his Adderall. Anyway, mm-hmm. Donald Trump took they aim. They left me a little plate pl- of math. <laughs> Donald Trump took aim at President Joe Biden and the Democrats' recent warnings about MAGA Republicans speaking to supporters in Pennsylvania on Saturday. The former president addressed Biden's primetime speech by deeming it, quote, the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by a U.S. president. And I don't know that he's necessarily wrong from what I saw. It was- I, it's almost exactly my thoughts. Trump claimed Biden was vilifying 75 million citizens, plus another probably 75 to 150 million, if we want to be accurate about it. So he seems to think that 75%-ish of Americans support him. I think Trump's being a little optimistic there, but whatever. As threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state, he told the crowd to booze against Biden. (laughs) He's an enemy of the state, if you want to know the truth. The enemy of the state oh, is him God. and the group that controls... By control- definition, Trump, Biden is not the enemy of the state. Biden is the state. He is the embodiment of the state. If you believe in the state, mm. and I don't, it's just an idea. It's a religion. It's an evil religion. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is it, it's not that he's the enemy of the state, which is a good thing. He's the enemy of the people. Mm. Of course, so is Trump. There's apparently a massive protest that happened in Prague over the weekend. Uh, according to RT.com. Was it a progressive? Um, you, you decide. Protesters were demanding the government resign nice. over soaring energy prices, inflation, and military support for Ukraine. Tens of thousands of protesters gathered in central Prague on Saturday for a march dubbed Czech Republic First urging the government to resign over the uh, prices of energy, inflation, and drop any anti-Russia sanctions. And I'm looking at a picture here of this event, uh, and it it's big. Like you're, hmm. We're talking about people packed in in a very wide city street, in the, and again, tens of thousands, I think, is on the low side. This is probably well over you know, 100,000 people. I don't like the wow. idea of, you know, Czech Republic first because that's too much like America first. And I think that sort mm-hmm. of pa- that patriotic nationalist mm-hmm. nonsense isn't doing any good for anyone. But aren't they part of the EU? I, I don't know. Czechoslovakia? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think it's I think it's if you're going to have a government, I mean, that government is taking money from you by force to do whatever it does. And it seems like it should be doing it for the same people that it's robbing if it's going to do anything for anybody. I mean, stealing money and just giving it away is insulting. Uh, I did check. They are a member of the European Union. So, therefore, saying Czech Republic first is tantamount to us saying New Hampshire independence, right? Like that's, well, I, I don't hmm. think that's the extent to which they mean it, though. I mean, hmm. I don't... I could be wrong. They're waving Czech flags here. It looks like in this, you know, they're not. They're Maybe not waving, they're having a race. They're not waving the uh, the, the, <laughs> e, the checkered flags, but that. Oh, uh, okay. They're not waving the EU flag here. According to police estimates, some seventy thousand took part in the rally, with organizers putting the figure at a hundred thousand. The event brought people together from across the political spectrum, with the Communist Party and the right wing Freedom and Direct Democracy parties taking part. Quote, hmm. The right democracy is a right wing party in in the Czech Republic because they would be hard left wing here. Oh, well, I mean, it depends on what they wanted to directly vote for. I mean, 
Quote, the aim of our demonstration is to demand change, mainly in solving the issue of energy prices, especially electricity and gas, which will destroy our economy this autumn, said one of the event co-organizers, a social Democrat, telling the media. 70,000 to 100,000 people, again, from across the political spectrum, which really goes to show uh, the, the fact that what the government gangs and the Western governments are doing, the European Union and the United States are doing here, is quite unpopular amongst all kinds of people. You got people from the communists to the right wingers in the streets together saying, get out of this Ukraine conflict, stop funding one side or the other. Let's be a neutral military stance where we only defend ourselves if attacked. I mean, this is what most of us in the, the liberty movement want to see happen here in the U.S., right? You it know? is, but I don't like it when people on the left and people on the right agree with one another. Why not? Because it's never for anything good. It's rarely for this anything good. Rarely okay. for anything good. All right. See, I don't know. I th- I would like to see more cooperation between uh, between the left and the right because it's. Uh, I mean, there. The thing is, if if we can establish a sufficient level of of mutual respect, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like. We should be able to live in in reasonably close proximity to each other without without being a problem to each other. You know, it's just like, hey, you guys want to do it your way, and you want to have have your club and have the club pay for everything. Fine, I'm just not a member of your club, so uh, so so leave me out of it. But far be it for me to stop you from. Uh, from doing things the way you want to do them, you know? Um, I I think there's benefits as well to getting people of differing viewpoints together in the same place. If they're not fighting one another, if they're actually together on a specific issue, mm -hmm. that is sort of a uh, mentality or a situation in which you could perhaps have a conversation with somebody. Because when Mm -hmm. you've got people, when they're entrenched, when one side's over in its trench and the other side's over in its trench, they're just launching bombs at one another because they, you know, see each other as the enemy. Uh, that's that's prob- a problematic situation when we probably agree on more things than we realize, or at least mm-hmm. we will never find the things that we agree on if we cannot have communication. The other people who are not liberty-minded people do not want to let you do it your way. Mm-hmm. They want to force their way down your throat. And that's where the dif- you know the difficulties come in. Certainly, because they're operating under the belief that their way is the one true way, and every mm-hmm. other way is objectively wrong. Right. And the difference is, we're willing to let them have their commune or whatever if that's what they mm-hmm. want to have, but they don't want to let us have our free market. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a big part of the reason that I chose anarcho-capitalism is, uh, like, in a computer system. One of the things that that you look for is the ability to um, to run foreign software on your uh, on your computer system. So you might have Wine to allow you to run uh, Windows programs on on your Linux box, mm-hmm. an emulator, and, as they call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, you can you can emulate any other. Uh, political system under anarcho-capitalism mm-hmm. so long as 
uh, so long as the group that's doing it is unanimous about wanting to do it. Right. It is voluntary in that case. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing you can't do is stop people from taking their ball and going home. Right. If they don't like your game. Yeah, and that kind of breaks their the rules of their system because they want to have the producers forced into their system so they can mm-hmm. milk them and live off of their productivity, right? If there aren't any people who are productive in the socialist uh, systems to tax, mm-hmm. then there's no welfare state at that point. Um, well, that's definitely true in unless um, they can find ways to be productive themselves the the problem is that who the welfare recipients uh well i mean if if they're being productive then one would assume they would not be welfare i mean but there's a lot of socialists rich socialists who don't uh who don't take uh take a lot of government money or uh um they're probably protected by regulations um i mean in in a lot of cases uh, they are, but but the problem is a lot of the problem. I mean, the reason I called myself a socialist when I was younger is I saw that the that the existing system was frigging horrible, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, well, uh, I I do, I want the opposite of that, and apparently that's called socialism, mm-hmm. um, and and so. You know, and because I thought, you know, they'd always told me that that the uh, that the system we have was was capitalism. There was a statement from one of the German chancellors or whatever a few few days ago where she basically said that it doesn't matter what people think they're going to keep supporting Ukraine no matter how uncomfortable it gets for us politicians. So she's expecting protests. She's expecting people coming and, you know, telling her nasty things from within germany about what it is that their policy is and she's she's fully prepared to continue on supporting ukraine some of you are gonna die but that's a sacrifice i'm willing to make on sunday the comments (laughs) were echoed by the russian deputy prime minister who blamed the european union on the problem or for the problems that have prevented the resumption of gas quote the entire problem lies precisely on the eu's side because all the conditions of the repair contract have been completely violated along with the terms of shipping the equipment he said so Hmm. yep despite the maintenance issues european has accused Russia of weaponizing energy supplies with Europe. Well, it's their supply to weaponize. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand why Europe is so surprised by this. This is the I mean, predictable consequences of their actions. Yeah. They've weaponized their entire economies. What the hell do they expect? Yeah, they didn't think that there would be any fallout. They didn't think there would be any consequence for committing the act of sanctions, which are essentially, I mean, basically they're an act of war, right? Like you tell Mm -hmm. somebody, we're going to cut off your supply. We're going to cut off all business to you. I mean, it's not quite an act of war, but it's very hostile. Blockade is definitely an an act of war. And uh, because they are threatening people who don't care about sanctioning Russia. I would say it qualifies as a blockade. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to stop trading with somebody. 
It's another thing to threaten violence against other people who continue to trade with that person. And when you do that, you're initiating force. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say there's a good guy in this conflict. I mean, by no means is the Russian government a good group of people. They're all governments. Yeah, they're all evil. Right, the European Union, the Russian gang, they're all bad. But you can't say it's unreasonable for the Russian government to say, oh, you don't want to do business with us anymore. You won't sell us products. You will, you're cutting us off. You're cutting our, off our information channels from your people. You're going to do all this and then say that we're wrong because we don't want to sell a product back to you? Oh, so you mm-hmm. won't sell things to us, but we have to sell things to you? It doesn't work that way. No, it sounds yeah. like Russia just implemented some sanctions of their own against Europe. And Europe's like, hey, that's not, that's not what we agreed to. Why would anybody trouble themselves to export things if they weren't getting imports in return? That's why you export. It's trade. It, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing that's what people are dealing with over in the UK right now and you're starting to see stories we've seen some on social media and one just hit the sun the-sun.com a 1200 year old pub in I believe this must be the UK right ye old fighting cocks is what it's called <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently really old uh, but they are fighting for survival in the uh, cost of living crisis, which, of course, is completely brought on by the government. Actually, we had a couple of interesting questions come from some various chatters on uh, online. Of course, we prefer people call in with, uh, with any questions or issues they want to discuss. But I got one here from Mists of Panda on Twitch watching us Mists over there. Mists of Panda? Of Panda with two A's. Uh, but uh, the person Who says, would "Vaporize a panda." That's just cold. No, I, I, I'm curious if it's a play on like the World of Warcraft expansion, Mists of Pandaria. Uh, good chance of it. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody on Twitch, so they probably are a gamer. But anyway, uh, the person says, "What should be the libertarian response if someone is invaded?" If someone is invaded, I presume by someone he means a nation state, but it's not clear. I mean, it. Under anarchy, I don't know if you would necessarily notice if you were invaded, if if they just showed up and traded with you. But, um, I mean, if people show up and start shooting, shooting at you, then, I mean, somebody tries to kill you, you should try to kill them right back. Well, he certainly doesn't mean people invading in order to trade with him. I mean, that, that's not what people generally mean when they talk about invasion. Yeah, an invasion is usually I don't know. a hostile it, act. That uh, I hear the word invasion bandied around with uh, immigration a lot. Oh, well, those are by people who are being ridiculous and trying to portray peaceful migrants as in some sort of violent invading force and that's absolutely absurd i think invasion so. by definition it may not by definition require violence but i think almost it, always i think the connotation of it is it, it like includes violence usually an invasion mm-hmm. is someone who is in, in a place where they are not welcome right like yeah you, you're not supposed to be here you've invaded mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a difference between invading and trespassing and i don't know what that difference would necessarily be Except that maybe invading well, is trespass- with an intent to harm. Well, scale. I mean, trespassing, you usually think of uh, of private property, whereas invasion, you generally think of uh, a nation state. The well, you one- were thinking about trade a minute ago. So The number one mm-hmm. definition is an act from dictionary.com, an act or instance of invading or entering as an enemy, especially by an army. So yes, the scale of 
of the thing. Mm-hmm. A, a trespass can simply be somebody who is you know drunk. But this your- is trespassing as an enemy. If the uh, Chinese military was knocking on the door, I guarantee I, one way or the other, I would be shedding some blood. I think they rely on that. Orders I was under. I think they rely on that. People reacting out of fear and saying, you know, that there's a certain line at which point I will bow to the state and I will do its thing. Well, I, I don't I think know about that's the game they play. The, well, you just said you would take the their state. orders. I, well, I said I, I said I might. Um, the other thing is, if you're in a, if you're, uh, if you're in a militia, you may not be particularly close to any, um, any state actors who are who are there to giving give you orders. I doubt that. Uh, well, we specified state militia at the beginning of this. Well, I think we've gone mm. off uh, too far off into the weeds on the question anyway. I mean, you do it however you want. If you want to go join a, uh, a military to defend, or if you just want to defend your friends' homes and your friend and your own property, then I think that's sufficient. Because if everybody's defending themselves and their businesses and their friends, then you have a defense force, whether it's centralized or decentralized. I think it'd be actually more effective uh, if it were. De- decentralized but by no means am mm. i a military tactician or anything like that i think they'd have a tough mm. time francis marion did a did a very good job with uh with uh, decentralized combat he gave the british hell i think they would have a tough time dealing with the people of new hampshire who are one of the most well-armed populaces on the planet there are more machine guns per capita known machine guns per capita because you know you can only go by government statistics when it comes to counting machine guns so mm-hmm. we actually have no idea how many guns are in new hampshire because those those numbers are not able to be calculated how do they define machine gun uh, uh you can hold automatic. the trigger down and it continues to shoot okay so automatic correct automatic is what they mean correct. okay and they yeah. would need to have government paperwork for that in order for it to be legal in order for it to be mm-hmm. counted so people that don't have the, that paperwork obviously they aren't counted uh in those numbers so given the numbers of counted Mm. machine guns in the united states the highest number per capita is uh, is in new hampshire i think the context of his question though was probably in in regard to ukraine and russia and i think i I don't know but i I suspect that what they were getting at is you know what is the libertarian response to watching russia invade ukraine which is a completely different answer that is a good question well somebody else getting getting invaded is not my problem. Well, you have a lot more choices in that case because you're not the one being invaded. It's somebody else somewhere else. Uh, whether you have family over there or not may be a factor in how you decide to, to choose whether or not you do something. You decide how you want to respond. You can go over there and volunteer for whichever side you want. You can send money or you know, food or whatever sort of things that you think is going to help the side that you want to help. Or you can just stay out of it entirely and say, not my land, not my people, not my conflict. Not my circus, not my monkeys. People did all of that in regard to Ukraine. There were people who were booking Airbnbs or whatever in Mm -hmm. Ukraine just to send them the $25 or whatever it was. I mean, there were solutions here that did not involve, you know, robbing me or, you know, sending... I don't have any children, but sending other people's children mm-hmm. off to die in conflict. And the final interpretation, I think, of this question is, again, his question was, what should the libertarian response be if someone is invaded? Would could be on a more individual level. Like, what if uh, people are tr- invading your home or your own personal property? Well, again, in a free place that we would hope to live in someday, the free place that might be called New Hampshire, if somebody's invading your property and they are doing you harm, destroying things, or possibly trying to hurt you or your family, absolutely you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones in that case. It's that time when you have to remember that if you build a man on man of fire, 
he'll be warm for the rest of the of the night. But if you set a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. The number here is 603-283-6160. Another question earlier from uh, the Facebook feed, Aaron Dean Bell asks, didn't New Hampshire go to Biden in 2020? Because we were talking about Biden at the very beginning New of Hampshire the show. flips, doesn't it? I mean, it's not always one president or the other, or it's not always Republican or Democrat. Like, mm. we have a Republican governor, and they reelected that Republican governor at the same time Correct. that they went for uh, jo- Democratic President Joe Biden. Yeah, explain that mm. one. Right? Um, People who be- who believe in the left well, right paradigm I mean, cannot are, explain it. Are we are we required to assume that votes were counted honestly because? I've never experienced any evidence. Do you of think votes they would being... dishonestly count the votes for Biden, but then honestly count them for the rest of the tickets? Um, I I think it's certainly possible. If you're going to commit that crime, mm-hmm. the crime mm-hmm. of rigging elections, whatever the charge is for that, uh, if you're going to go ahead and put all your butt, you know, on the line in that way, why not go all in and say, all right, well, full blue sweep? Well, the thing is. I don't I don't assume that the people involved necessarily care whether it's red or blue. The state government? Um well the the thing is I don't think the I I see both the Democrats and the Republicans as more or less being puppets of the same people. Mm-hmm. I think uh you know normally I think when we have an election uh, the two nominated, um, the two nominated uh, candidates, I think, are generally acceptable uh, to the powers that be. They don't care sure. which one it is. That's true. Because it's the... a lot easier to 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 rig primaries than to rig uh, national elections. The thing is, what I mean, the reaction to Trump. Uh, was was very different from the reaction to uh, to any other uh, president, no matter how disliked he was. Um, in in my experience, the the only time I've ever imagined uh, a president at Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Getting that kind of treatment uh, was what I imagined if Ron Paul had actually gotten gotten mm-hmm. elected, uh, because Ron Paul is not, uh, I think, down with the uh, with the people who are really running things. Sure, I would agree with you there. Um, but I mean, again, while it may be true on the national level, it doesn't make sense that those who are risking whatever to rig an election wouldn't just go all the way. I mean, if they've got the ability <laughs> to pull the levers to get and by the way in new hampshire we don't have electronic voting machines they're all done physical ballots hand counted kind of uh, situation 
Just to check in on the allegations, you sort of vaguely recalled nobody, uh, people being very suspicious when it came to vote counting uh, during the 2020 Mm -hmm. election, but you couldn't recall where. I do remember hearing stories about that from various different precincts around the country, whether they be in the South or Arizona or whatever. I remember Mm -hmm. hearing those stories. I never heard that about New Hampshire. The story I'd heard about New Hampshire was Wyndham. Uh, which is a small town in kind of southeastern New Hampshire, where according to thegatewaypundit.com and Granite Rock, they were using Dominion machines to count paper ballots. So uh, I I misspoke earlier when I said that there was hand counting going on in, in New Hampshire. Hand counts are used for recounts, but in bigger cities or towns or whatever, they are using machines to count the the ballots. As well, I understand it, we yeah, know there I know are, they use them here. Yeah, we know there are mistakes in the uh, vote counting, the vote reporting process here in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. We have demonstrable proof. That there are mistakes at some point, yes. At some point, you know, while the election results are being reported from this town to this state authority, someone enters a number into a spreadsheet wrong. Adds a zero. Yeah, I have no doubt Mm. that there are plenty of mistakes like that going on uh, nationwide at the state level, at the federal level. But that, that to me is fundamentally different from someone intentionally rigging an election and sure you know there are people cheating on all sides of the things you've got republicans voting you've got dead people voting for democrats for republicans Mm -hmm. i have no doubt that there's all sorts of cheating Mm -hmm. but there's cheating on both sides and i agree with that i think you've got twitter um that was a major effort to uh to to rig the election you're talking about where they would were prohibiting certain topics from being discussed yeah i mean i mean literally silencing uh, Dude, that's so not rigging an election. That that's that's adjusting the popular opinion. But I mean, we're talking about rigging an election, making a result not X when the the actual elected result is X. That's not mm. rigging an election. Yeah, that's, it's not the same thing as rigging. You could argue that it had an effect, yeah. um, perhaps. But in the case of Wyndham, uh, they were using the Dominion voting machines to count paper ballots, and then upon a recount. A hand recount, it was determined that each Republican was cheated by about roughly 300 votes by the machine. Mm-hmm. So whether there was some sort of you know, uh, s- sneaky things going on with whoever was programming these machines... I don't think was ever proven. I don't know if they've ever, you know, done any. Uh, way, if there's way any way to audit who's coding the machines, or, there was something else shady about the Dominion machines a, a number oh, of yeah. years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it. I th- aren't mm-hmm. they like owned by Nancy Pelosi's husband or something like that? There's and like some Pete sort of political, or something. Yeah, there's some kind of big mm-hmm. political connection on the left with these Dominion machines. So there's definitely mm-hmm. some questionable things going on out there. But the good news is, you know, you still mm-hmm. can get a hand recount here in New Hampshire. Yeah, there was a jurisdiction. And and again, I don't remember what the jurisdiction was. I need to look into it. But mm-hmm. not but in New Hampshire. The thing uh, this this was outside yeah. New Hampshire. But there was a jurisdiction where um, where uh, Joe Jorgensen. Um, the libertarian candidate, the, the libertarian candidate uh, was, uh, was credited with zero votes, mm-hmm. and actually she got hundreds or thousands oh, wow. of votes, and the uh, Republican was cheated hmm. uh, in, in the same race, and all to the benefit of the Democrat. New Hampshire really is kind of a purple 
state. It doesn't meet the typical definitions of what you would expect mm-hmm. a, a right winger or a left winger to be. Republicans in New Hampshire tend to be more friendly to libertarians. That's why the libertarians have been able to run so successfully here as Republicans in the elections and win in dozens of cases mm-hmm. over the last decade. I tend to think the Republicans here in New Hampshire also just didn't like Donald Trump. Some didn't, for sure. I mean, he didn't do a lot to endear the the libertarian streak that exists among Republicans here in New Hampshire. And they're not libertarians. Don't get me wrong. The average Republican here is not a libertarian. But there is a strong libertarian streak here in New Hampshire. And Trump didn't do anything to endear himself to those people. And the Democrats, a lot of them, own guns in New Hampshire. And Republicans here, by the way, if it weren't for Republican support, New Hampshire would not have gay marriage. So you had a bunch mm-hmm. of Republican state reps voting for gay marriage, whatever, two, you know, two, almost two decades ago now, 15 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire was the first state to do that by legislative uh, process, if I recall correctly. Everybody else did it by a ballot measure, uh, mm-hmm. wherever else it happened. So the fact that you have Republicans who are like, open-minded enough to be able to do something like that is again a statement mm-hmm. of how different the the people are here that's not to say you I won't find to remem- the total conservative crazies here i mean mm-hmm. they are here too and so are the hard left progressives they're all here but the the rank and file aren't what you think they are mm-hmm. which to me is uh is generally a good thing because I generally i find people who are hard right or hard left uh tend to look to government for their solutions yep, yep. and people who are more in the middle. Um, I think one of the reasons that their feelings about government aren't necessarily as, as, as strong is because they don't depend on government. They solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it doesn't matter to them as much, you know, who, who the master is this year. It certainly matters to the hard left progressives, though. Right now, they are on the war path against the Free State Project. Well, I'm thinking about these Dominion voting machines. They yeah. were developed about 20 years ago in Venezuela. I don't know who the big giant head was that was buying into it, but uh, you know, Venezuela hasn't had an honest election in two decades. Hmm. I mean, they've been hijacked. Sure. Hmm. And. I have a theory about that because we have we have these in Michigan too, and you was mentioning that uh, Vermont or uh, New Hampshire was kind of, you know, blue or purple or whatever, and uh, Michigan I used to think was purple too, but now all I'm feeling is black and blue because we've been getting beat up too long over these, you know. Hmm. Now just to, just to clarify here, the mainstream media is claiming. That the Dominion voting machines are not owned by the Venezuelan president's family. Now, I don't know whether that means they're made in Venezuela or not, but the claim is that the company is based out of Toronto. See, I seem to remember, I first heard about Dominion voting machines from my mother, actually, and Mm. I think, who's a a very democratic— and I think they were owned by right-wingers at that time, although I get the impression that they may have ch- changed hands. Well, just think of the name, Dominion, to have domain, to dominate. Well, the mm. name reminds me of Canada, because in Canada, yeah. uh, the, no, no, no. the bank, uh, TD Bank, stands for Toronto Dominion. I thought it Dominion the, just meant mm. like territory. It is the Dominion of the United Kingdom. 
The mm. Canada I, is their dominion. Domin- yeah, dominion is your is your area of authority. You know that's don't go in the kitchen. That's mom's dominion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, Canada might have been the money seed for this whole thing, but I just say they were developed in Venezuela, just getting the bugs out of them. Yeah, but you can know. hook up. You can hook up to these things through the internet, and you can jack the ballots. But the the question I have is the ticket I got. I could just scribble in, you know, how they got the little dots you fill in with your pen or pencil or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you could just scribble in Republican or scribble in Democrat. And I think that everybody that just scribbled in Republican got flipped to Democrat. And I know. Well, they wouldn't have flipped well. everybody because then it would have been obviously, you know, wrong from a quick look. But uh, if you flip a certain percentage, if you flip 2%. Or three percent—that's going to be enough to flip most elections. Well, I mean, if you're going to another. do that, why not just go ahead and make up percentages as they suit you, right? And just say, okay, it was thirty-seven percent to thirty-two percent, or whatever, or forty-seven percent to forty-two percent. Why not just make the numbers up entirely? I don't know. Well, I, I firmly believe that all the dead people vote Democratic. Well, the latest thing is that the Amsterdam—they're going to be putting in. Solar panels on top of the, their cars to get the sun. And uh, Amsterdam is putting in solar panels on cars. Sarah, do you know where Amsterdam is? Netherlands. Hey, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Kudos. So this is for electric cars, just to clarify the solar panels. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So is it just the, on? Do they have on the hood too? On the on the back or just the? Why are you uh, asking us? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just um, it was just on a uh, on a show really quick this, mm-hmm. uh, on the radio. I don't I don't know the details, but I want those here in New Mexico. I mean, we'll put. But you don't even drive. What did you say? You don't even drive. Why do you care if other people have them? No, because we we got plenty of sunshine and we like clean energy here. New Mexico is all about it's better than having plug-ins, and we'll probably catch more sun than the Netherlands. I mean, we get a way more sunshine, and it's just a matter of, um, you know, the. I mean, this invention it will come to New Mexico and Arizona area, the, but it it just um, takes a while. But you that know, means there will be places. cars and vehicles in New Mexico, Sarah. Well, I mean, there are cars. People will get hit. You know. Well, why not make it solar, you know, in the meantime? Because we are trying to make it more electric. As we've got a lot of electric charging stations. Um, I need clarification, so, Sarah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do the, do the solar panels on these cars, do they, do they provide power to the cars? Yes. Well, I mean, that's the whole idea. You know what I mean? So then we could do no, there's no way here in New Mexico. There's no way well, they mean, would get enough they, power. Well, well I mean, they I might help a little bit. That's it right. can't I'm hurt. Thinking. I mean, yeah, maybe a double A battery's worth. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I've heard solar's gotten better over the years. I've heard it's more efficient now. You know, this per mm. panel that you get, you get more electricity out of the amount, sure. the same amount of sunlight. Basically, I don't all know you how need is rare earth, uh, rare earth, and uh, all kinds of of. Rarities to build to the build freaking the panels. Things. Yeah, that's probably not cheap. Sarah, hey, I'm not against it. I mean, if that's what somebody wants mm-hmm. to do, they should do it. What I don't want to see is the government forcing it on people. Aren't like, they also really reflective? 
uh, I mean, they're black, so probably okay. they're absorptive, probably not then, yeah. right? Which means I think they'd have to be absor- uh, absorbent of, uh, of sunlight if they're going to convert it into something else. Correct. I would have thought so, too, but I seem to recall all of the solar panels that I've ever seen. For whatever reason, I thought they were reflective for some reason. I like shiny things. There's news, actually, I guess just today. I presume this is a legitimate site. Solar panels on electric cars. Maybe this is what she's referring to. American startup Aptera Motors caused a sensation two years ago when it unveiled a three-wheeled all-electric prototype vehicle equipped with solar panels for a record range announced at 1,600 kilometers on one single charge. What's happening, of course, is China is buying from Russia. So the Russian gas is still being sold to Europe. It's just that they're paying mm-hmm. three times or God knows how many more times as much for it. And does it really matter if it is the Russian gas? I mean, if the Chinese were harvesting gas uh, domestically mm-hmm. and exporting it, and as a result of their exports, they had to import Russian gas. Right. Gas is Would fungible. that make any kind of difference to anybody? No. Uh, it's making a difference to the middlemen, though, the people who are marking up, getting the product mark- from Russia, marking it up, and then reselling it to Europe. And guess what? That's going to increase now, because the mm-hmm. latest news here is that now... We already talked to you about how Europe, the European Union, is putting in, and also not just the European Union, the G7 countries, so the United States, Japan, whatever the other ones are on that list, but the EU and these biggies, right? They announced late last week that they were going to uh, put a price cap on the price of Russian oil. Oh, that's a terrible (laughs) idea. Yeah, so that's not going to result in punishing Russia. It's just going to result in Russia not selling you any oil at all. In that yeah. case, if you're if you're participating in the price cap, I suspect right. that uh, more rational countries won't be uh, won't be doing that. Correct. So India is not going to participate in the price cap. China is not going to participate in the price cap. It's just the G7 mm-hmm. nations that are going to do this. And it's all, mm-hmm. you know, again, designed. It seems like unless they're completely economically ignorant, this is a specific mm-hmm. thing they're doing to punish their own people because it is the people of those countries that are going to have to pay the increased mm-hmm. costs of gas and or oil. But, yeah. Well, it, I'm, and it goes along with everything they've been doing for the last uh, for the last two years, mm-hmm. which seems to have been designed. Uh, I mean, most of shutting down the economy for COVID did a lot to impoverish the American people. Right. Didn't do anything to stop COVID. Sure. And uh, at, at the same time, it impoverished mm-hmm. the American people and small businesses. It enriched the mega corporations who, of course, were allowed to stay open during right. all of the restrictions. And and it seems like, you know, I I kind of think that this might be uh, an end game mm-hmm. uh, because the two things that I'm seeing are uh, that that Biden speech and everything that's been coming out of of the Democrats for pretty much the last seven years uh, has sounded like a buildup to organized violence against Republicans. The European Commission is now proposing 
to put a price cap in on Russian natural gas as well. So I don't know how many pipelines there are going into the EU. That would be an interesting question to answer. We, all the talk is about Nord Stream 1, which is the one that, that goes into to, uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. Presumably there's a Nord Stream 2, and I don't know how Probably. many. I don't know how many of them there are. Uh, but right now, those things are, are operating. We haven't heard about them being shut down. So, well, you mentioned, you know, these G7 countries, they're... The, the possibilities are that they're economically illiterate, right? That, that is one of the possibilities, but I just don't, don't think that's it. likely. Uh, these pe- this is deliberate. Yeah, we know what the consequences of this are going to be, and we, we're not trying to run the world here. We're not, we're not politicians. We're not yeah. economists. We can't consult economists, but it's, it's common sense, and thousands of years of human history substantiate what we say is going to happen. Right. They know. Russia... Uh, According to the story here at Reuters, they're aiming to cap the price of gas that Russia sends to Europe via pipelines. And what they say is to offer support to electricity producers facing a liquidity squeeze. This isn't going to support your electricity producers. They are going to be cut off. If Russia gets wind that the European Union is cutting off or is putting gas uh, prices, price freezes into place, they're just going to say, well, we're just going to freeze the uh, the gas coming to you. You're not going to get any gas now how's that mm-hmm. yeah they're going to pay the, the gas some freezing this winter Sorry. yeah they're going to pay the cost that uh russia demands or they're not going to get the gas right somebody else will get it china will buy it and china will resell it which is what they've been doing and then the european union is going to be they're already hurting they're already planning for a cold winter they're already trying to top off their reserves so they can then tap into those when it gets cold out and that's with whatever flow is coming from russia right now because they are getting Mm -hmm. it from somewhere i I wonder how many uh how many acres of forest are going to be cleared in In uh, in europe uh, cleared, cleared and burned. Wood. Good question. You know, because uh, that can't be green. Mm-mm. Brussels is uh, drafting measures to protect citizens and industries from soaring gas and electricity prices. There's... Protect them from the damage they cause. Yeah, they're not going to. They're going to just cause more damage here. When when they say protect, they mean these. Uh, price freezes. Make it worse. Yeah, uh, Ursula. I love this woman's name, Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission president. She literally has the word lying in her last name, von der Leyen. I was focusing on the Ursula part. Yeah, that's also a bad part, right? Yeah, because yeah. like, I've, I've never heard the name Ursula outside of the context of The, the Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid, but like, yeah. she wasn't the hero in that story. No. Yeah, I, I usually associate it with Ursula Le Guin, who I kind of, kind of like, but mm. it does sound poor scene. Said in a tweet, the proposals would aim to cap the price of Russian pipeline gas, curb electricity demand. Ooh, so it sounds like there's going to be some provisions. Curb demand means raise prices. Well, it also means restrictions. Dealing with a power bill that goes up by 33% is going to be tough enough for a lot of families here in the United States. But in the European Union, some businesses are seeing multiple times the amount they paid for power in the previous month. Here's an example from independent.ie. This is from Ireland in an area called Cork, Ireland. So, uh, Conk, this is quite a name here, the, the author, Conkabar O'Leithain, or something like that. Conkabar? <laughs> Conkabar. Oh, Lithane. 
I'm sure I'm brutalizing that man's name. There's all kinds of asterisks and or well, not asterisks, his name is brutalizing us too. Accents so. and such there. But a, <laughs> uh, a COVID style response to tackle energy price gouging is being demanded from the government by Cork East TD Sean Sherlock. You mean ineffective and extremely expensive? They mean bailouts that will then cost the taxpayers ever more through the price of inflation. You said COVID about. style? Yeah, meaning bailouts. Yeah, I'm just shocked yeah. that COVID style has entered the lexicon already. Yeah, sure. Uh, says the TD, which I presume is their equivalent of a prime minister, Sean Sherlock, who says local businesses will be forced to close if there isn't a major intervention soon. And again, it's still summertime. The labor TD. That's what they want. Told the Corkman that he had been contacted by one business in North Cork, which had received an energy bill of 44,198 euros for one month's consumption. Now, the last time we had one of these people. Are these Bitcoin miners? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But uh, anyway, the, the business owner. The last time we saw an image like this from somebody posting to social media, it was a coffee shop in the UK, and their numbers were up quite a bit. It wasn't this high, but it was up a lot. And the thing they weren't showing us on that image was the previous month's bill. Right. So we didn't have any idea, well, what is it normally? Well, this image does show uh, the previous month's bill. And the last month, according to this, was 1,716 euros. Which is still pretty pricey, but we don't know what kind of business this is. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for businesses to have a much yeah. higher power bill than, than a homeowner, for instance. But to go from 1,700 euros to 42 or 44,000 euros. That's more than that's 20x. 20x. I was going to say, what's the quotient there? What do you mean? What do you get when you divide one by the other? Uh, it's got to be at least 25. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I mean, at, at least yeah. twenty, yeah, right. Because you're talking about two, under two, just under two thousand to over forty four thousand, right? Insane. That's a lot. Yeah, it might be twenty five. There's no way they can afford that. What, whatever no. it is. No, whatever that business. Businesses is. do not have the that kind of profit that they can just say, okay, well, we don't need to make you know forty thousand dollars this year. No, no. I'm guessing that if they're if they're selling electricity they probably use some sort of fuel mm-hmm. to generate that electricity so she yeah. has no idea what their costs are i think in what they mean by gouging is you know that this company could be leaving money on the table but they're raising prices because they know they have you and you'll pay it of course that's not what is happening here the electricity companies they're increasing rates because the price of the natural oil or whatever going up. has gone up look an electricity mm. company doesn't want you to go out of business. They want you to keep paying your bills, right? Like they have yeah. no incentive to destroy you, but they have costs too. It's anyway. like those bands getting sued in the 90s for trying to get their audience to kill themselves or whatever. People want, look, they have no incentive to do that. They, right. they want you to buy their albums, and they want you to t-shirts. buy their stuff. Yeah. We need direct payments to businesses and families to deal with these energy price hikes and government TDs cannot be allowed to be commentators anymore. They must lobby for direct action, uh, he said. It's a $44,000 bill. Uh, I think it's the equivalent of a prime minister, but I'm not sure what it stands for. Okay. Uh, that, that's, I believe that, that's what we're talking about here. 
We are demanding swift and immediate action from the government to take pressure off and alleviate the hardship that these obscene and outrageous energy price hikes are inflicting upon people. We believe that as a starting point, a three-pronged approach should be adopted by government involving a windfall tax on excessive profits, an immediate maximum price cap on energy bills, and the extension of the fuel allowance for low- and middle-income people and families. Does, is this guy, um, is, is he like the head of some sort of a group or, or does he just speak of himself in the plural? It's, there's a bunch of quotes in here and it's not quite clear. I think it is a labor TD named Sean Sherlock who is speaking here in this mm. case. Uh, so, so some politician or some political party head or something yes, like that. Some political person. But let's let's look at what he wants. He wants a tax on excessive profits. So the idea, the suggestion here is that this energy company is just raking in profits, and so therefore the government should take a piece of that and redistribute it to. <laughs> maybe they can. Maybe they can tax Russia. I tire of Mark Edge. I'm sorry. He's. I, I he's barely on him. the air these days. I love me some well, Edge. You know. Well, you had him on Thursdays there. Wow. But anyway, I, I just, I mean, he's stealing our tagline. And, and <laughs> what do you mean I, by that? And I don't think. Liberty don't in our lifetime. I don't, I don't hear him stealing that. He's not in charge of this conference. He's just a speaker at it. No, no. But he's, you know, you guys advertise, well, you know, with Liberty in our lifetime. And that's, that's. A well, if a conference thing. wants to advertise with us, why should we tell them no? Look, well, I'm down for anyone who can achieve liberty. I'm down for anyone who can achieve liberty in our lifetime. I don't care if it's in New Hampshire. I don't care if it's in Prague. Yeah. I don't care if well, they can achieve it. I'm down about this. I'm just, I just making a report. Mark Edge is a traitor, and and <laughs> oh I, god, know, that's my, my, but but I, what I want to talk about is actually uh, the the what's going on with all of our so-called regulators, every person that is, you know, charged with regulation, and it isn't the aiming of a gun in the Second Amendment. We're talking about we get to tell you what to do because we can, mm -hmm. because we're going to run around with guns. And and those people are are out there to wreck everything and I think there, I think there's a big cabal across the Western world, and maybe even some of the other bigger entities in the globe that are out there that are that are backing the World mm -hmm. Economic Forum mm -hmm. that 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 are yeah. looking to, you know, turn us all to, uh, you know, a communist dictatorship. Yeah. And and you know getting rich themselves. I the the thing that the thing that keeps coming back to me is what if the uh, what if the fifty million or hundred million that uh, Hunter Biden uh, collected from uh, from both the Ukrainians and the Russians, wouldn't it be interesting if basically that was that was an investment in getting Daddy elected, so that uh, so that this very thing could be carried out in the United States could then export a hundred billion dollars to the mm -hmm. Ukraine to be uh, to be split between Zelensky 
Biden and Putin. So I found the layer one for the central bank digital currency that's coming. You found the layer one? What, what does that mean? Seriously, Those are all words. People don't know that? Okay, uh, you're so, on a general uh, audience radio show, like, so you have to remember there's always people listening okay. that don't know what you're talking about. So what is layer one? And I assume you would be able to describe it better, but okay. So like layer one is uh, like BTC is a layer one technology. So it's the base of uh, system of communication. And I found what mm-hmm. the central bank digital commun- uh, uh, currency is supposed to be based on. How did you find it, and what is it? I ran across it on the feed. Uh, It's something called FedNow, and apparently it's been around for a long time. Hmm. But it looks like that's what they're using to Yeah, FedNow. Okay. Yeah, apparently they've released uh, uh, commercials, and, you know, government efficiency includes promoting themselves. So uh, it's the, the layer one technology for the central bank digital currency. Hmm. Uh, here's a story from Coindesk saying that the U.S. Federal Reserve has tightened the window for the launch of its FedNow instant payments platform to May and July of 2023. So apparently it has not yet launched. Uh, according to right. the press release, it will be open to financial institutions of any size, allowing them to facilitate instant payments for consumers and businesses. So it sounds like they're going to replace... Is this going to replace the 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 banking ACH wire system? Uh, it, it's going to replace uh, Swift. It's going to replace the clearinghouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I just found out about. Uh, apparently, there's a chip system that's going to be integrated. Mm. Also, I found out that uh, they're testing it on XRP of all things. I'm not surprised mm. to hear that Ripple was designed to you be know, a banker coin. If if anyone was going to sharpen the Fed's technology, it would be XRP. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune in to our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.